and this is We Have Notes, a podcast for the pop culture obsessed and the people who love them. I hope you are all doing well out there. I know, at least for me, I mean, it it just, if you read the news, obviously, like things are a little bleak again. Um, And that's not fun for anybody. There's a lot of terrible things happening across the globe, and it feels like we're just back to the beginning of the pandemic in some ways, except it's worse this time because people are willfully not taking a vaccine that is available and free and scientifically sound and will keep them from going to the hospital. Um, You know, and, and kids are starting their third school year in these circumstances and people are fighting about masks which work by the way masks work um it's just it's dark and I hope that maybe this show can be a place where you can laugh a little laugh at my expense if that's what you need to do um find something to watch or listen to or read that gets you out of that headspace for a while because that's so important um we have to pay attention to these things we have to pay attention to what's going on in Afghanistan we have to pay attention to what's going on here in America we have to pay attention to climate change but we don't have to pay attention to it 24 hours a day and I have learned a lot about setting some like news boundaries for myself over the past I'd say five years I'm not always great about it I still spend too much time online but I hope you can find some like healthy way to disassociate from some things for a minute. Um, For me, that is obviously watching tons of shows and reading and listening to podcasts and and all that good stuff. Um, So anyway, yeah, I hope I hope that you can find something, some joy and try not. I'm trying really hard not to like slide into the old patterns of like early, early Pandy when I was like just spiraling and then kind of got my shit together like six months later. So I'm going to try to stick in this healthy place. Um, Try with me, won't you? Uh, So yeah, I'm so glad if you're here and you're listening and that's the end of me being serious. Um, I am rolling solo today on the pod. I've done one of those, you know, I did that like little Binifer snippet, but I haven't really done a full pod by myself. We're going to see how it goes. It might be a disaster. We might never do it again. Who knows? The we, the we in this case is me and all my personalities that live in my brain. Um, So me just talking into a microphone on my own about whatever I want to talk about is, does wonders for my narcissism the inner narcissist who lives in me also does wonders for all of my anxieties and insecurities um about being a person who probably talks too much um is highly over opinionated which is a great thing and also like you know whatever we'll see anyway um but I did start a show that's basically about my opinions so I'm obviously not too concerned about it And so I figured I would just talk about a lot of the stuff I'm watching and reading and listening to right now. And hopefully you'll get some ideas. Hopefully you'll enjoy my rambling. If not, you know, that's okay. We'll be back with guests soon. 
Um, feels like a you know late summer. Like people, it's like it's like August. You like shake things up. Like unfortunately, we're not in Europe and taking like a month off. But uh, we're gonna try something new. Why not? Okay, so we will be right back with more of me. So we're back with me, my own guest for today. I almost wrote one of my little intros that I do for my guests, which I don't like write, write. I just like jot down notes and then kind of talk them. But I figured that was way, way too self-involved. But I guess if you're new and you haven't listened to some of the older shows, I'm Abby. I'm a writer. Um, I worked in magazines for a long time, women's magazines, print, because I'm also a Gen Xer, and also digital, and I've done content creation for brands and all sorts of copywriting gigs over the years, and I was a beauty editor, and then kind of beauty and fashion and lifestyle and pop culture and entertainment kind of became more of a generalist, but I am a pop culture addict. Um, I watch so many things to the point that a few years ago, my friends were like, you should start a newsletter because we need to know what to watch and what to listen to and all that good stuff. So I did. And it's also called We Have Notes and you can subscribe to it for free on Substack. It's a uh, wehavenotes.substack.com. And so, yeah, and then it morphed into this podcast, which I'm having a fucking blast doing. It's so much fun. And... Yeah. So yeah, I just, I spend an enormous amount of time watching television and movies. And I also really love to read and listen to podcasts and, and music. Um, and I don't have kids. This is part of why I have time to do all of these things and then share them with you all. You all. So, um, you know, I thought I'd start with, I mean, this is kind of like the tail end of this because we've already reached bid day, but I mentioned it a little bit in the newsletter last week, but Bama, the University of Alabama sorority rush, Bama rush talk, took over my favorite app, TikTok, um, in the past like couple weeks. It's a very, as one can imagine, sorority rush at Alabama is a pretty intense process. Um, who knows? You know, it's a lot of people were comparing it to like when we all first got obsessed with Tiger King in the early, early days of lockdown. And, you know, I just I love these moments when something bubbles up and everyone gets really into the same thing. Well, it's obviously not everyone, but a lot of people get really into the same thing. And get fascinated with it and all different types of people were, were watching Bama Rush Talk and then the content around the actual sorority girls like the content about the content was hilarious and funny and people were like I can't understand why I have become obsessed with this but I'm very invested so I'm sure most of you have seen this, some of this at least, a hint of this. And I get it. If it's not for you, like it's not. I, but it really was. I love these like weird little cultural sensations. Um, and there's like there's much to malign about the Greek system. Like don't get me wrong. But uh, so these girls were like showing off their outfits of the day, their OOTDs. 
and you know you've never seen you've never seen so much Kendra Scott and Sheen and Golden Goose in your life and then there's also you know they'd be like and my pant my, my shorts are from the pants store and you know my my bracelets David Yerman and this is my mom and my earrings are Sheen and my my other bracelets are normal. So you'd be like, what is normal? Is that a brand? And I think it just means like they're wearing their normal bracelets. But as someone pointed out when we were tweeting about it, but those are still from somewhere. Why aren't you saying where those are from? My earrings are normal. Um, it was fascinating. There are all these blonde girls, just so many blonde girls. And so also the pants store is a store. Didn't know, thought they were just saying something. Then Mimas, I thought they were talking like bracelets are Mimas. I thought they meant like their Mima, like their grandma. But I guess like Mimas is also a store. Like you learned so many things, so many things. And then you got real invested in certain ones of these young women. And and like, were they going to get asked back to their various houses that they prepped and, you know, philanthropy and sisterhood and all these different things. And then, I mean, you almost couldn't have scripted it like this. This one girl, Michaela, who was not a blonde girl, and she became like a real viral star from even like the, one of the, the, her sound where she like kind of mispronounces philanthropy, like went super viral. And then everyone started following her. And, and then she was, it seemed to be going well, but then she got dropped right before bid day by all her houses it was like <gasps> everyone freaked out because apparently then it was like maybe because there was this video where she appeared drunk and that was like used against her but I like saw this video and it like I was like what that's just like college people being college people it was like not egregious anyway so that was very dramatic and she's been handling herself well I don't know if there's more like skeletons in the closet or something that we don't know about who knows but I I mean, there's a lot of justice for Michaela going on on TikTok right now. Um, I was, full disclosure, I was in a sorority. I was a pi-fi at Duke. Um, we did not live in sorority houses at Duke. That's just, they, they don't have sorority houses. So for me, that was a huge plus because living in a house with like 100 girls, I think would have been a little rough for me. Um but and like my best friend was in a different sorority. We lived together, you know, sophomore, junior and senior year. Um, we would go to each other's functions and stuff. So but it was still like Rush is competitive and I'm highly competitive. So I definitely remember like Pi-Fi was my first choice. I got into it. I, I loved the women that I was in the sorority with. There was a lot of really great women, women I'm still friends with. Um, again, not living together just puts a whole different energy to the whole thing. But then even like when I was a sophomore, a junior and a senior, like going through rush, like I wanted to get like the coolest girls. And so, but I wasn't like a really like aggro sorority girl. So I remember being deployed as like, Abby, go talk to that one because I'm afraid she thinks we're a little too like soror and like let her know like it, it's chill and it was but we still had to do like during rush there was like song and skit night and like 
never always burned in my brain forever is a pie fi song set to I Will Survive. Pie beta fi. So it was a whole thing. Um but it was nothing, nothing like what was happening at the University of Alabama, which I mean to be expected with these like big southern like SEC schools. But Anyway, I mean, I, I've enjoyed it fully. One of my my friend Lori, who's been on this podcast, was like, she was like, I can't do it, and which I understand that too. But I I feel like we might be. I think maybe Ole Miss is coming up. I don't know. We might be into this, and then it'll fade away, and it'll be like there'll be a thousand Halloween costumes of Bama sorority girls. But it'll feel like it's like a little late, and we like culture moves so fast. You know, everything moves so fast. So if you enjoyed it, like, good for you. I enjoyed it very much. I spent hours at night, like, clocking what was happening with these young women. Um, yeah, and I'll probably watch, like, another round if, like, some other stuff bubbles up. Nothing's going to be, like, the first time, though. Nothing's going to be like those Bama girls. Um, but, you know, we all need something to pay attention to that takes us outside of our lives. And for a while... It just happened to be sorority rush at the University of Alabama. But I have also been watching some scripted things. Um, when I got back from experience camp, I decompressed by watching the entirety of season two of Outer Banks in a day. Uh, the Some of my campers who are 16-year-old girls were annoyed that I had not yet watched it when I got to camp, even though it had only been out for a day and we got there like the day before the kids did. But, um, this show, if you haven't watched it, it's like one of Netflix's like big hits. I mean, I would say it's, it's one of the biggest like teen, um, teen shows that they have. And, but a lot of grownups watch it too. I'm not alone in this. I have many friends who watch the show and there's something like Dawson's Creek about it, not just because it's set, you know, down in that part of the country, but, you know, this group of friends and some, like, they're, the main group of friends is, like, the, like, from the wrong side of the tracks type, um, the Pogues. And there's also an element of kind of, like, hot teen goonies to this show. Um they're like literally looking for buried treasure when it starts, but it takes many, many turns, especially in the second season. Like so much happens in these 10 episode seasons, but they're always still following like secret maps. And then there's like the rich kids and the like the haves and the have nots and the, you know, the rich daughter who falls in love with the, um, John B., the guy from the wrong side of the tracks. And it's just a beautiful show to look at, too. Like, all of these young people are beautiful, and I'm sure they're, they're like, all in their 20s playing high schoolers. Um, but it's bathed in the most, like, yummy orange light. Um, and it's, like, you're on the water a lot. Like, there's a lot of boats, whatever. So John B. is, like, the main guy. His The actor's name is Chase Stokes. Um, and I mean, his name is Chase Stokes. Like, what did we expect? He's not, I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's not a great actor in my opinion. Now, 
that does that like totally matter? Maybe not. I, I think some of the other young people are most are much better than than he is. Um, and then he his love interest is like the rich girl, Sarah Cameron, who's played by Madeline Klein. They are together in real life. So that's very cute, too. But she is like I liken her to a lost Hadid sister with a dash of, and I hate to say it, but uh, teenage Ivanka, like before she became a monster. Um, and I actually think that, that she's uh, pretty good on the show. And they're very cute in real life. And they are also, they also have a Harry Styles like air freshener hanging from a rear view mirror in a photo of them driving around. It's him like bending over in the pink tutu from the SNL photos. I saw it on Insta a while back and I was like, great, absolutely in. These people are Harry's. Um, so like John B has this group of friends that they're calls them call themselves the Pogues. And you definitely like want to be friends with these people. Um, I really love Madison Bailey's character, Kiara too. Um, there is a Pogue named Pope. Uh, he's my one, maybe one of my favorite characters. And I think it's confusing that they named him Pope and he's a Pogue, but you know, who am I, who am I to say? Um, so yeah, there, you know, there was a little bit of a cliffhanger. I'm not going to give away too much here, but, um, there was a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the last season. And so then we kind of pick up right where we left off in the second season and that kind of was more centered on like the disappearance of John B's father. Again, there are no other Johns. They just call this person John B. That is what everyone calls him in the town. He, you know, they get into a lot of scrapes in the second season and, and recover from them very quickly. Like, I don't know, maybe the magical waters down in the Outer Banks can um, give you some healing powers because gunshot wounds heal very quickly. Um, they just figure things out. Like, there's there's a lot of drama around a character played by Elizabeth Mitchell, who you remember from Lost. Um, I do not know why she is constantly dressed like a 50s housewife in the show like I was like wait are you from a different time like what's happening but she's on the mission to find something that's like feels like a, some sort of elixir that's going to heal her from some illness that she has I you know you just got to buy in like th this show doesn't really make any sense but it's very fun to watch they drink Mai Tais at a high school bonfire like okay I guess that's fine cool uh, whatever. Anyway, it's like beautiful young people trying to solve a mystery. There's sort of like modern day pirates. There's there's all kinds of action happening. And it's all taking place in like this gorgeous setting of the Outer Banks or a little bit like in the Bahamas this season. Um, I very much recommend it. It's very fun. It's one of Netflix's biggest hits. I cannot imagine that we're not. I think we're getting a new season pretty soon. I think there's a chance they might have shot two and three together. So, um, yeah, it's great. It's silly and ridiculous, but it's great. And you should watch it if you want. We'll be right back with some more of my viewing choices. 
Okay, so probably the most talked about show, at least in my circles, um, the past few weeks is The White Lotus, which had its season finale on Sunday. So there are going to be some possible spoilers in this section. So if you haven't watched, first of all, you you should. It's so good. Um, But you might want to skip ahead a little bit. I'll try to remember to put a timestamp in the episode description so you can know when to pop back in. But The White Lotus is created by Mike White, who is a fantastic writer, has also appeared on Survivor um, as a contestant. If you haven't watched Enlightened with Laura Dern, like I cannot recommend that highly enough. But The White Lotus, I have mentioned on the pod before, but we haven't really talked in depth about it. Um, It's set at a a hotel, a luxury hotel and resort in Hawaii. And, And also this was kind of like crafted as like a show that would be like pretty safe to shoot in the pandemic because they basically took over I believe it was the Four Seasons in Maui and kind of had the whole production there so they could like form their own bubble um, which is really smart and so it's about a group of guests and then the the staff that work there at the hotel and um, it's darkly funny Um, filled with terrible, terrible people, a lot of terrible rich white people. Um, It's, I guess, kind of a satire. Um, And I loved it so much. I will say, let's see, some of my favorite things, like Connie Britton and Steve Zahn play a married couple. She is much more successful than him in kind of a tech business and their teenage children and their daughter's friend, Paula. Um, I would say Sydney Sweeney, who plays their daughter, um, Olivia, is one of the breakouts. She's also on Euphoria. You've probably seen her in some things. She's really like a rising star. She is so good. I talked about in an earlier episode how she and Paula just, they're just like eviscerating grown-ups who might still think they're cool and they're just like mean teens and I love them so much. Um, Murray Bartlett as Armand, who is, you know, like running the, um, he's like the GM of the hotel or whatever. Um, Natasha Rothwell's character is amazing. She has a lot of scenes with the incredible Jennifer Coolidge, um, who has come to the island to scatter her mother's ashes. She has a very fraught relationship with this with her mother. Um, she is doing, I think, some of her best work. Like, she's doing very Jennifer Coolidge things, but she, like, takes it to the next level with a weirdly... She's, like, very weirdly self-aware about how nuts she is, but not about basically anything else about herself. Um... And I just enjoyed her very much. I think she should get nominated for a lot of awards for this performance and kind of how she loses it over the course of the episodes. And then it kind of just goes back to exactly who she is, which I think is fundamentally, I I think the finale for me um, was... I didn't love it, but I also don't think it could have been any other way. Um, More on that in a second. So you've also got Jake Lacey and Alexandra Daddario playing a married couple 
on their honeymoon. Jake Lacey is just known for playing like such nice guys and he is just an ultimate like douche bro in this and he's great. He's really great at it and Alexandra Daddario is really good. I don't know. I guess she's been in some good things. I I do like her. <laughs> this is not necessarily a good thing, but that um earthquake movie with the rock where she plays his daughter that he has to rescue. I love a disaster movie. Always going to watch them. But she's kind of he's like constantly in a Jake Lacey's character is constantly Shane is his name is constantly in a battle with Armand because they don't have the pineapple suite, which was supposed to be their suite that his mommy booked for him. And he's just like this entitled ass who, um, Rachel is kind of like, wait, what did I fucking do? Like, did I make a mistake? And she's trying to be a writer and, writes kind of clickbaity articles and maybe wants to do more, but it's basically like she's going to be a rich guy's wife and she's struggling with that, even though like ostensibly he's just kind of been the same person ever since she's known him. And then um, you get to meet his mother played by Molly Shannon. And she has just, she comes in like just a fireball she is so good she has a couple monologues and like she is just such an asshole but like she's just this very particular kind of like rich white lady and god she's so funny she's so so funny um it's like horrifying the way she like kind of talks to people and treats people in a way but you're also like this is exactly spot on and so right and um there's there's then like a whole storyline like the the teen son of of Connie Britton and Steve Zahn is going through his own crisis like Olivia and her friend are the friend starts hooking up with this guy who works at the hotel who's like um family is like native Hawaiian and she convinces him to like try to rob this, you know, family safe because somehow that's going to be enough for him to like get a lawyer and try to get back like land that was taken from his family. You know, again, Paula's a teen. She hasn't really thought this through. She's trying to like rebel in a way that feels kind of safe to her. Like things go very awry, goes very badly for Kai, uh, the, the paramour. Um, but it weirdly like brings the, Mossbacker family like together um and then eventually leads to the death of someone on the show which has been foreshadowed since the beginning and I will say is maybe my unpopular opinion but I did not like this framing device from the jump where you kind of started the show with Jake Lacey's character at the airport um and they're like like He's being a dick to someone, of course, and they're loading a body onto the cargo hold of the plane. And I think the inference is like maybe it's the Alexander Daddario character, which you kind of know from the jump it's not. But I didn't think the show needed that. Um, And then spoiler, 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 spoiler here. Um, What ends up happening is that Jake Lacey accidentally... stabs Armand who has been in his room after he's gone Um, he's been sober for a very long time 
falls off the wagon with like a bag full of pills that the teen girls had had, like ketamine and like all this stuff. And has been kind of fighting with Shane the entire week and finds out he's going to lose his job. And so he literally, like you watch him take a shit in Shane's bag and then he doesn't get out in time before Shane comes back and ends up getting stabbed. Um, It's not that I have a problem with that necessarily. It's kind of that I just didn't think the show needed to become like a who's going to die. Um, kind of thing and I love to get contrarian about stuff like this and so many people enjoyed it and again that's great I did not read any of the like who's gonna die content I just didn't think that's what the show was about and I didn't think it needed it and I hate this is I mean I know I'm being a hypocrite here because I am a person who um loves to solve things and loves to like deep dive into like mysteries and things like that. But I didn't think this show needed to be that. And the way that like we have to turn everything into something to solve on the internet sometimes irks me, even though I'm a, I'm part of the problem. So I just didn't think this show needed that framing device. I think it was such a character study. So many things happened. It moved it's so many things happened and then nothing, everything stays the same, which I think is kind of the point, right? That like for a certain kind of people, um, there aren't necessarily consequences and they don't really change, even though they say they're going to try to change. They just go back to doing their same, same old, same old. And then other people, then another group of guests come in and they're probably going to be the same. And I just didn't want it to be a mystery. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you'll tell me that was like a really fun part for you. I did not. I would have picked Paula as being the one to die, but you know, I would have been wrong and maybe I should have read some of those articles and I would have understood better, but I love the white Lotus. It is coming back for a second season though. We don't know a lot right now. Um, it's supposedly going to be, um, another like white Lotus property with a, different staff and different guests. Um, I had thought maybe they would keep it at the same place and just bring in new guests. But obviously with the way things ended with one of the main characters being dead um, at the hotel, that probably wouldn't work. Um, But I am really looking forward to seeing who they come up with for the next group. Oh, I will also say one of the things I loved about this show was there was like definitely very intentional um, books that people were reading, you know, they're on vacation. So like Jake Lacey's character is reading Malcolm Gladwell's blank. Like, of course he is. And as my friend Allison pointed out, it seems like he never gets very far in the book. Cause I'm like, yeah, he's definitely like not a person who really reads a lot of books. Um, Olivia was like reading Nietzsche and like Camille Paglia at some point. Paula is reading Freud and Judith Butler's Gender Trouble. Of course, Rachel is reading My Brilliant Friend. That's just so perfect. But you can kind of like spot the books. That was kind of a fun thing. So anyway, watch The White Lotus if you haven't. It is well worth your time. Um, It's only six episodes, which is kind of a nice tight little package. I enjoy that too. And coming up, more things I'm watching. (music) 
Another show that I devoured in basically a sitting over this past weekend um, was the second season of Modern Love on um, Amazon. I just love this anthology series so much. It's based on the New York Times column of the same name. It's like just so well done with some really lovely performances. Um, Each episode is based on a different essay from the modern love column. Um, I loved the first season too. It's just, I, some of them will make you weep. Some of them will warm your heart. They're just all different kinds of love stories. And I am nothing if not like underneath a kind of tough exterior. My intuitive, one of the first things she said to me, I talked to this new woman like when I was in uh, the Hamptons earlier this summer And she was just like, you're not a light touch, are you? And I said, I am not. And you understand me already. But what I am is a total sap underneath the surface. Um, I am a softy. I'm very weepy. Um, Again, this is like a very, like the thing Scorpios will tell you about themselves, but like kind of tough on the outside, really gooey on the inside. So this show really speaks to me about that. Um, the production value is really great. They bring in some great directors for the episodes. They get really, they really get super talented people. It's like a really, just a really well done production. Um, the so again, every episode is is a standalone. You don't have to have seen the other ones. So if there's just like a certain performer that you love or a director you love, you can you can or just like you read the plot description, you can just pop in and watch. Um, I always find the music to be really great in them too. They have, they have a nice, they have a nice music budget and like the first ep of this new season has a couple songs I just love that I hadn't listened to in a long time. Every day I write the book by Elvis Costello song just makes me happy, makes me so happy. And then I kind of had rediscovered this other song, um, peace frog by the doors. It's my favorite doors song. Um, that I started listening to again earlier this summer. I used to love it that on a mixtape in high school. thought it was very cool. Um, the Doors movie came out when it was in high school, which actually will lead to a, another something that I watched recently. Um, but Minnie Driver is in this one, and I cried. It was definitely a crier. I just love Minnie Driver. I know she had that sitcom on for a while but I didn't watch it I enjoy her so much I have loved her since Circle of Friends which is very important to me I loved that book Maeve Benchy I think um when I think I read it in high school and then the movie came out maybe early college I want to say because it was like pre Goodwill Hunting which came out later in college um I just I think she's super talented and she seems like a fun person I think I would like to go to dinner and drinks with her and I have always held that I thought she did a lot. She broke a lot of new ground for uh, those of us who are wider of face. Um, <laughs> just have a rounder, wider face. She's She was like an icon as far as I was concerned. Like 19-year-old me was concerned. So check out Modern Love. There's, there's um, Kit Harrington is in one where they do some light mocking of Gal Gadot's uh, Imagine video that the celebrities did. Remember when they did that? God, what a mess. Um, and it's just it's just delightful, and I, I just really love it. I love the opening credits song. I watched it every time. I didn't skip intro. 
So that's another one to add to the list. That's on Amazon. And then speaking of um, doors, I also watched the Val Kilmer documentary, Val. And it's really interesting. Um, It's also on Amazon. I think... Like Val Kilmer has like long been like a misunderstood figure in Hollywood, and um, it's there's like a ton of home movies that he's filmed like over the course of his career, and he has now. If you didn't know, he had throat cancer and can't really talk. He has to like cover like a trach basically to talk, um, and it's like about ninety minutes, I would say, and. I loved the home movies part like the best and when he's just like filming on sets and um you know there's there's stuff from his marriage and his parents and his childhood he tragically lost his brother when he was a teenager um it's like him trying to explain his career in some ways but I also don't know exactly like what he wants us to take away from it, but maybe that's the point. Like he, he was like doing this one man show as Mark Twain when he got sick, which I didn't really realize he was very obsessed with it. And I'm like, that's weirdly fascinating. Like he just seems like an eccentric and weird dude. And that's interesting to me, but also it made me think of like how much I loved real genius. I will still watch that anytime it's on television. That movie is so fantastic. I love it so much, but I also really loved top secret. I used to watch these movies like over and over and over again. Um, and then obviously top gun, duh, like pivotal to everything as a young person, but like pivotal to young Abby's, um, sexual awakening, like the volleyball scene, come on. Like, and then just like the way Iceman does that thing with his teeth, he doesn't explain that, um, which is a bummer. But of course, he was like talking about how he created this whole backstory for Ice and how, why he was the way he was, which I love hearing that kind of stuff. Even when it's even when it's like, oh, eye roll, it's like I'm into it. But I do wish because do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like you can't see me, but like he does that thing with his mouth. Um, but I would watch it. It's like totally worth your time. Um, I, I was interested in, in what was happening. I do wish I had seen like even more of the like raw, like home movie footage. Um, another place where I wish I always saw more of the like raw footage is with my real housewives. I just want to take a brief sidebar to say, I don't know. I mean, we, there will have been another episode by the time this one airs. So, but I, I think I agree with Sutton and that feels weird in Beverly Hills. So we're getting into like the meat of Erica Jane and Tom Girardi's like collapsing empire and what allegedly Tom has done in stealing money from uh, people he was supposed to be helping as their attorney, like plane crash victims and burn victims and orphans. It's allegedly... Um, really fucking dark and whether or not 
Erica knew about this. There was definitely money coming into like her business accounts and what she knew and what she didn't know. And allegedly, 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 whatever. So she's been like, I, I don't really know what she's doing on the show, but I don't think she's doing herself any favors. And I don't know if she knew like, and if she, you know where, where the money was coming from, but this like over emotional, like sobbing thing is like a lot for me. And it's like very self serving and she doesn't, and maybe there's things she just can't say legally about like, she seems to have no empathy for these people who were stolen, who had their money stolen. Um, allegedly by her husband and like there's a lot of her stories that just don't add up and like Sutton kind of who I do not enjoy most of the time um, was kind of like this isn't adding up and I like feel weird like kind of what are we getting drawn into like I think her implication was in in last in the previous week's episode that like are we going to get we're kind of getting pulled into like a story that she's weaving. Is this going to have, are we going to get deposed? Like, you know, and, and she's just like, you guys, this isn't adding up. Like it doesn't make sense. Like a lot of the things she's saying about the, how he got a car crash is, does he have dementia? Like all these different stories that she's told over the years. And she's like raising a red flag and being like, what the fuck is happening? And I don't enjoy agreeing with Sutton, but I think that's where I am right now. And like Lisa Renna is just being very obnoxious. Like I just, I can't like the way she treated Garcelle over that whole, like Erica got so upset. It was obviously because this big, huge LA times expose was coming out, not because of anything else. And Lisa Renna is just, she's very, she's irritating me right now. I can't with her, but on the, but it is like the best Beverly Hills season we've had in quite some time. And that I'm all here for. Uh, Potomac, Potomac always fires on all cylinders. Potomac is, as I've said before, the gold standard in this franchise right now. Um, loving it. I mean, I don't know why we're going on a vacation to Colonial Williamsburg, but whatever. It's, it's fine. It's just a different place for us to have arguments. Um, and yeah, keep up. I mean, just keep up the great work. That cast is bringing it as usual. I don't even want to talk about New York. New York's boring. Um, many people have said this, but I, I agree. There's not enough cast members. That's, that's the problem. Um, it's not that they're having hard discussions or anything like that. I'm all for those. There's just not enough happening. Like they need more cast. It's just five people just is not the right number. Um, Ramona is being despicable. Leah's super annoying. I have to say, even though like I would tend to agree with her stance on things. I think she doesn't, she doesn't go about things the right way. I think she's got a little high in her own supply after her popularity of season one. Um, Luann, you know, what are we doing? Luann just doing her thing. And Sonia, I'm worried about Sonia, but she looks great. So I don't know. Uh, that's my, those are my brief housewife's thoughts. We'll be back with a little bit more. Okay, so I mentioned a few weeks ago that my friend Bonnie Morrison, who has been on this podcast, 
got me into these things called rom-com pods and I listened to like all three. They're like narrative stories as podcasts. Um, and now she's got me hooked on more. We can't stop you guys. We cannot stop. So there's a, there's two more that I'm listening to. I think she's, she might've done like the premium and like already binged both of these, but I'm going week by week. One is called royally yours. It is a, not even loosely, uh, based on, I guess, Harry and Meghan. There's like a prince. He's marrying like a divorced black woman named Meredith, not Meghan. Um, and it's like, I guess it's like kind of like a love actually situation where you're like, you're meeting the gardener and the maid and you're meeting the milliner and there's a hat drama. And there's like, I just keep meeting new characters and they're all going to somehow come together Cause like the bride might've run off, but we haven't even gotten that perspective yet. Like, I don't know. There's, they only go to this one bar called the hound. It's like the only pub people are always morning drinking. Like I, I like, it's very proud of itself that it knows that like a sweater is a jumper in England. Again, like not, I, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I find it very soothing. Um, and I'm invested even if it's not quote unquote good I'm invested and I'm gonna keep listening to it so if you're looking for something like that like during these like dark days um maybe check it out and then the other one is called first street and it is about a group of new um clerks at the supreme court and it is basically like that um Shonda Rhimes show that Ray John Page like started on and I watched every episode of that was like they all worked at the like district court in New York it's kind of like that like there's going to be some love interests I can again see is like when uh we were talking about Virgin River or something like you can see the plot twist coming like a mile away but you're like okay all right is the voice acting great no am I waiting anxiously for the next episode I am I absolutely am. So I don't know. If, if, have you guys been watch? Have you been listening to any of those rom-com pods or any of these other ones? Or are there others of this ilk that I should know about? Like tweet me, DM me, let me know because I'm here for it. Apparently, uh, unsurprisingly really, but like, yep, I'm in. Otherwise, so what I'm reading right now I'm still reading books. Um, I just finished One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, who wrote one of my f most favorite books in recent years, Red, White, and Royal Blue, that I've talked about a few times. Um, one Last Stop is charming and delightful. I will say I liked Red, White, and Royal Blue much better, but I like was obsessed with that book, so it would be hard for anything to, to live up to it. This book is incredibly well done um it's about two it's like it's a romance but also with like a little bit of a sci-fi time travel element but don't let that it doesn't that's not overwhelming it's woven in very nicely um a young woman named august like meets sees this woman on the on the q train and she keeps seeing her and she's like subway girl whatever and then it like turns out that she's kind of 
trapped there in like a time space continuum kind of situation that will make more sense when you, when you read it. But it's um, a really sweet love story. It has its sexy moments. She's got, there's like a side cast of characters with August roommates and the people she works with at this diner. That's really lovely. There's like a very like New York, Brooklyn vibe pulsing through it. Um, I just, I enjoyed it very much. It's really, really charming. Casey McQuiston just is a really great writer and she writes really um, lovely queer um, romances that I think are just delightful. And I can totally see this being made into a movie, like a Netflix movie or a Netflix series. And I hope it does. Um, my friend Elizabeth was like, oh, Beanie Feldstein has to play the the lead role. And I was like, oh my God, of course. That's so perfect. Beanie's having such a time. I cannot, I, the level of, I, I this is, I mean, but that, the fact that Leah Michelle must just be beside herself that Beanie is playing <laughs> Fanny in the funny girl revival on Broadway. I mean, I just, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Um, and then did you see the, the trailer for um, impeachment, the Ryan Murphy impeachment show where she's uh, Beanie's playing Monica, Sarah Paulson, like almost unrecognizable as Linda Tripp. I'm very excited for that one too. I hope it's as well done as, as the OJ one, which I think was one of Ryan Murphy's like best. I watch everything he does and they always start out so strong. And then I always feel like they fall apart in like the last third of the season, but the OJ one was so excellent. And I'm kind of hoping that this one is uh, as well. Clive Owens playing Bill. Um, it looks really good. It's starting soon. So that's something to look forward to as well. And yeah, so th those are my notes on what I've been up to lately. And I hope that this rambling wasn't too obnoxious for anyone. Um, but thank you as always for listening. I am so glad you're here. I love hearing from you all. So whether that's on Twitter, I'm just at Abby Gardner, at Abby C. Gardner on Instagram or at We Have Notes on Instagram. Um, we have notes at speakstudiopodcasting.com. You can write to me via the newsletter. It's wehavenotes.substack.com. So that newsletter comes out every Friday. Um, it's free. I get into kind of some things that I might touch on on the pod, but also just like other other things milling about my brain and uh shows and and whatnot um and thanks as always to everyone at speak studio who helps me put this show together and yeah just find find something whether it's a silly rom-com pod or a really highbrow television show that brings you some joy this week get outside Hope the heat broke here. Hopefully it broke in most other places too. Um, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>